Well, hey there, and welcome back to our weekly conversations. My name is Charles. I'm one of the pastors at <clears> King's. And uh, welcome back to episode four of our weekly conversations. This week, we are in for a treat. We have Hilary Dial, one of our pastors at the Catford site. Uh, she's a brilliant pastor, a brilliant friend, and she's going to add a lot to this conversation, I'm sure. And um, we've got the usuals, Andy, uh, Andrew Wilson and Cindy Dixon uh, on, the, on the conversation as well. It's great to see you both. Um, thanks for joining me once again. I hope you've been, been enjoying the last three episodes. Uh, do check them out if this is your first one. Uh, but here we go, episode four. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Hilary, let's come to you first. It's so good to have things are starting to ease a little bit. But um, how's life been for you these last couple of weeks whilst we've been in what we call lockdown? Yeah, I mean, we've been doing quite well in lockdown. Um, I live with my elderly mum. She's 96 and uh, William, my husband. Um, so we have been kind of shielding. So I'm the only one who ventures out. And uh, I have a little dog, so I go out walking my dog every day, which is lovely. Really enjoy the sunshine. I'm afraid I do love the sunshine. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, opportunities to just read. And I've got a, num a couple of groups going, so connect with people through groups. Um, my husband has taken up baking, which has been a real blessing, <laughs> I have to say. So I'm um, always happy to receive cake, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's been okay, actually. It's been okay. Some Obviously, some frustrating moments and... Do find it tiring sometimes just working on the screen a lot during the day, but no, doing doing okay actually. Go on. So tell us what has William been baking? <laughs> well, um, last week it was my birthday, and he baked me a birthday cake, and he has also made scones uh, a couple of times, and um, yeah, and a number of <laughs> meals. So he has. Um, been experimenting, making all kinds of curries and yeah, wraps and all <laughs> sorts of things. So yeah, it's um, it's we've had some interesting conversations about like whose domain is the kitchen and uh, <laughs> those kind of uh, territorial things. But we're you know, working it out. Surely, Hillary, the conflict weeks. begins as soon as the word domain is used. Is it? Not like, <laughs> I don't think that's a word I've ever used with the kitchen. But as soon as you use that word. Well, Maybe you need to ask Rachel how she feels about the kitchen. <laughs> you just see an Andrew-shaped hole in the wall at that point, I think. Yeah, when you've kind of... I mean, I've always been the one who's done the shopping and the cooking for lots of, a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, you do get into a way of how you think it should be done. And, um, yeah, now I've got someone else asserting himself in the kitchen. <laughs> Go on. So, given that the kitchen is Hillary's domain, as it were, what's the uh, what's your favourite thing to cook? Um, <laughs> something really easy, because actually I don't like cooking. I have, you know, I I don't know how Cindy feels. Having been a mum for decades, you do get to that point where the enjoyment from cooking just mm -hmm. gets kind of yeah sucked mm -hmm. out of you because of the routine. And the pressure to every day find something edible uh, to present to your family. <laughs> well, so to be honest, I, I'd be like, you know, let me just do some pasta and a simple pasta sauce. That would be my my go-to. Uh, yeah. 
and grated cheese on it. I mean, anything and with grated so, cheese so on it is always good. Yeah. That's a win. I used to love a bit of macaroni and cheese growing up, so uh, that's all good. So given that William's been, um, you know, baking, is there any skills that you've been trying to learn during lockdown? (laughs) 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 Really not. No, no, I I haven't. (laughs) To be honest, I've been fairly busy. So uh, I think mainly the things I do enjoy doing is reading. So I have read some books, but otherwise, no, just keeping, keeping doing what I'm doing. Brilliant. Keep him busy. Keep him busy. That's good. That's no bad thing. Okay. Uh, Cindy, great to have you back. Um, great questions uh, last week, by the way. You've had lots of comments about cream and moisturiser. Um, but how's your weekend been, Cindy? Do you know, I think I've had a very reflective week, weekend, because of obviously what's happened with George Floyd, I think, and I was just saying to Isaac, I think because, you know, like normally I would get up and go out to work and be rushing about, but I seem to be sitting at home and reflecting and turning things over my head and coming up with all these emotions and thinking, you know, how can you treat your fellow person in that way? You know, you, would you even treat an animal in that way? And I know I'm thinking a lot, you know, it's not, it's not normally what I do because I'm always kind of rushing around and stuff, but I've just come up with all these different emotions, things like, anger and I'm like why why would that happen and you know I just feel so frustrated you know in terms of like what can I do what can we do as a community to just bring about positive peace peaceful change you know what can we do in our little homes in our little streets it could you know just where I live in my church what sort of things can I do and then also I just feel this grief for um George Floyd I feel grief for the families extended family and you know what they're going through at the moment and it's just, it's just a struggle at the moment. I just feel like, it's just, it's so interesting. It's like, I feel I've got no energy. It's just, I don't know if I'm overthinking or, you know, just spending a lot of time in it. And then obviously because I'm home with other people, like my kids and my husband, the news is on. I keep hearing stuff about it, you know, and, but you know, um, I'm a hopeful and positive person and I believe that things can and will get better. It's just how we deal with it. But also ultimately it's always going back to prayer. You know, so I've spent a lot of time praying, praying for God's intervention, you know, in terms of like anyone who's going through racism, oppression and injustice and not just what is happening right now, but of all kinds. You know, there's different countries where things are going on. And again, you know, like even looking at what the policeman did to George, it's not even about a colour thing because you can't treat your fellow mates like that. You know, whether you're black, white, green, blue, it's just not a way to treat somebody period. It's just wrong, you know? So, but I think like, I I wouldn't say it's getting worse, but I just think like, yeah, what Steve said, people are videoing it now. So we're getting more of this coming through and it's being streamed and it's gone viral. And, you know, everybody's watching it. All the kids are watching it. Everybody's getting distressed and upset. And, you know, it's just, I think it's been a bit of a difficult week for me. I kind of felt like today I haven't even eaten all day. I'm just not been hungry. And, you know, it's, it's it's really affected me, but, you know, it's just, one of those things where I think I believe prayer is the foundation. And if I go to my Bible, if I pray and if we unite and pray, so that's why Thursday is so important. If we all unite and pray, we can judge, we can make comments, but let's come together and call out to God who we know can make a difference, who can answer prayers and miracles can happen through looking at God. So that's where I end up going. 
And that's why my Bible, I had to go all the way upstairs because it's on my bedside, you know, my special book. So <laughs> when push comes to shove, I go and get my Bible. And, you know, so, yeah. but yeah, so it's been a bit of a struggle for me this week. But yeah. Thank you for your honesty. And um, I think what you've just articulated is how many people are feeling at the moment. Mm, mm. You were right to raise um, the event that happened last week, the, the brutal killing, you know, really, of, of George, George Floyd. And, um, you know, obviously lots of people have been talking about it. It's been out in the media a lot. Lots of people are hurt and upset, mm. rightly so. It's a terrible, terrible event. Mm. And um, sometimes it's difficult to even put words on it because mm. this mm. is still mm. happening. You know, I just find it shocking that it's, even today it's still happening. Yeah. And um, it comes as no surprise because obviously racism is... It's always been around and um, mm, mm. it's very difficult to know what to say in these times. But um, mm. it'd be good to reflect on that a little bit more. And um, mm. Andrew, I, it'd be great to come to you. I, I don't know what your thoughts and reflections have been over this past week and the events in America and how that spilled over, mm. I guess, into the UK and across the West and the world. Um, yeah. what, what are some of your reflections? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for obvious reasons, I suppose, processed it quite differently from Cindy. I think mm. uh, I... I think probably the last week, I mean, I feel very churned up, but I feel churned up in quite a different way to what you're describing, Cindy, which I'm, I'm sure mm. comes out of our personal experiences and even just like awareness of the future that this many, you know, lots, I worry about my kids, but I don't worry about my kids in this way. Mm. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's not the same for me, mm. but I feel really, I do feel really churned up about it. I, I think actually for me, it started, um, so recording this on a Monday, it started, you know, obviously a week ago, strangely with another viral video that happened just before the George Floyd video went, which was this video of this, this white woman, Amy Cooper, who starts chatting. A lot of us have seen it, I'm sure, but, but en ends up basically being asked to put her dog on a leash by a young African-American. I saw that. Park. Yeah. And yeah. she basically decides to ring the cops and act as if he's violently attacking her. And, mm. and in some ways, I mean, I, you, you clearly is not it's clearly not worse than what happened to George Floyd, but in some ways I found it more shocking mm. because it was a a sort of very it was something so ordinary and that you could so easily have escaped notice. It's, mm -hmm. it's sort of something about which there wouldn't have been an inquiry if it hadn't been picked up on film. It, it whereas in a in a horrible way, police brutality, particularly in America, the the almost like a militarized state in some areas, <clears> even even as we're speaking, that I think I in a horrible way i've kind of gone oh i know that happens from time to time and it's terrible whereas this this story was like what i didn't know that i just not really thought about that kind of thing happening before and it was so every day mm. in a strange way i found it more shocking um and then of course within 24 hours see all the videos about george Floyd. i'm like how's this happening mm. at the same time and then there was another video i saw uh, a sort of racial profiling video about uh, kids in a you know young african-american men in a gym who were being racially profiled and asked to leave and it was all came within 48 hours and I, I just I didn't really know where to go with it I just I and I kind of so basically I, you know, I'm quite active on Twitter I just like, I thought I'm going to retweet wise comments that I've seen from lots mm. of different people and I mm. basically did that but other than that wasn't really sure of, and prayed wasn't really sure what to do and as the mm. time's gone on I thought I think you we just you just gotta I've got to say I've got to you know in, to the extent I can I've got to speak about it mm. partly because if I don't and this is what I was writing. I wrote an article about it today, but I think one of the things that occurs to me is that when you, that silence has been such a, a weapon 
in this in sort of from the civil rights movement and way back beyond back back to the history of slavery and the abolitionist movement that silence is, has been such a powerful tool used by the enemy to keep things as they are that even when i consider it's very obvious i thought people would know i completely denounce this surely people would know that i think yeah but that's not the point the point is that people by staying quiet have allowed this stuff to continue for hundreds of years longer than it should have yeah and i think so i just thought I don't even know what to say, but I feel like I need to say something. I just need to say, mm-hmm. this is awful. Mm-hmm. I'm grieving. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's some things we can read. Here's some things we can do. And then as Cindy said, basically to go back to prayer and say, if I, I think that the, the key, at least my, my understanding of the black church is that what has held people together through all that the black church has gone through in the West in the last 300 years, 400 years is having a place to go with the, and actually mm-hmm. say, we're going to bring it to God. And if it hadn't mm-hmm. been for that, I don't mm-hmm. think, that community could have survived in the way that it has. Absolutely. Um, so I think I'm just sort of trying to, I guess, learn from that and, and join in. So I hope that's not a, I basically, I feel like I don't really know what to say. I still don't. That's why yeah. I'm no, gathering that's that. That's been really but helpful. I, feel like no. I want to say something. Yeah. Mm, that's been really helpful, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the right approach, isn't it? That we're, we're all grieving. We want to mourn. We want to mourn with those who are mourning. Mm. It's just a really, really difficult season and i think that it's a reminder of many injustices and racism being an injustice mm. um hillary did you want to add anything into this conversation i know that mm. it's been on your mind as well as ours and um obviously you did a great job preaching on on sunday around unity but any thoughts and reflections on, mm. on the past few days yeah i mean i would echo what andrew and cindy have said and mm. you know spent a lot of time over the last few days um listening to people talking to them um you know hearing what they're feeling and um just yeah in a sense just soaking up some of that grief and sadness and mm. um yeah i think it's 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 very hard uh, to know what to say and but I think just listening to people and mm. agreeing with them and um, trying to understand what it feels like. It just feels at the moment there are like layers of injustice and sadness. And I think particularly in our own community at King's, um, I mean, Cindy and I, we've supported so many families over this last 10 weeks who've gone mm. through bereavement uh, some families having, you know, more than one person die of coronavirus and sometimes having several people in hospital at the same time. So we've felt that grief um, that many families in our church have ex- been experiencing. Mm. And in that, you know, some of that grief and some of the, yeah, the difficulty around the virus and not being able to visit your family member in hospital, not be able to do um, the type of funeral that you feel would honour them. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was already a lot of grief and frustration and anger actually in the community already. Mm -hmm. It just feels like this is another layer on Mm -hmm. an already raw um community really and so yeah it's 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 hard to yeah there's we can't smooth this over and Mm -hmm. and one of my concerns you know I was I was preaching on Sunday um we planned that for a while and actually Mm. I recorded it early in the week 
um, about unity, which is really important. But mm. I must say, I, I just um, tossed and turned at night about it because I didn't want it to come over as, well, let's all be united and kind mm. of smooth over this and pretend it isn't ugly and painful and, yeah. and you know, grievous, mm. really, mm. because that certainly wasn't our intention in, in that mm. um in that sermon because yeah it is great when people are in unity but sometimes the unity is actually in mourning and wailing and recognizing um the ugliness of what is going on not just mm-hmm. saying oh isn't everything wonderful let's mm. praise god i mm. mean there's so many mm. laments in the psalms we're not very good at kind of bringing those into the corporate environment but actually that's the place where we are or we should be is lamenting injustice and feeling that pain even though um yeah for myself it doesn't affect me in the same way directly I recognize Mm. that Mm -hmm. that I have you know certain privilege um just because of this you know and (laughs) that's not fair Mm. that's not Mm. fair Mm. so yeah it's it's been tough it's been tough Mm. again thank you for your honesty Mm. It's a really hard topic to talk about with activities, mm. um, but it's it's great that you are able to just even acknowledge that the privilege that comes with having a, a certain colour skin, which I think is really difficult, mm. uh, perhaps white people to realise, appreciate, even even verbalise. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the last couple of days has been quite uh, interesting as I've sort of reflected as well, because as someone of uh, mixed heritage mm. it's uh mm. I, I still don't know how to process it really because um i have to accept that being of mixed heritage and having a, a white mum and having married a white person there's certain privileges that come with that as well um mm. so i'm i'm a black person as well mm. and so i have i'm in this kind of middle zone um where i totally almost see myself in what happened with George Floyd and see Mm -hmm. that could have been been me. But equally, I can see the fact that I also have privileges because of where I was born and who I was Mm -hmm. born to and who I'm married to and all those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's made me ask lots of questions about my own, who who am I, you know? Mm -hmm. Where do I I belong? Um, That I've been kind of wrestling with for some time, but... Yeah. It's absolutely right to see that this is again another thing that is is worrying the black community. You know, with on top of coronavirus, in, on top of the kind of structural systemic problems with race and how disadvantaged black people are. On top of that, we have now this, and it's just a reminder of just how disadvantaged um, black people can be, or at least and definitely feel. Uh, right. mm. So it's mm. difficult. It is, it is difficult. Very sensitive. And as many of you have said, we we must pray. We must stand mm. together um, in, in unity. And uh, it was very kind of timely, I guess, in God's sovereignty that you spoke on on unity. Um, mm. before, just just for our listeners, I just want to add that Steve Tipper, <coughs> our senior pastor, has just put out a blog, uh, which would be great for people to listen to. I just wanted to make sure that, that is that's mentioned that Steve has done a blog and it'd be great for people to mm. go there um, and hear what Steve has to say himself. Mm. Um, but as we get to uh, Psalm 133 and 134, um, we, we talked a little about unity and obviously in, in verse one, it says, you know, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. 
And I wondered, um, maybe Andrew, you can kick us off. Um, what does it really look like? I mean, obviously, on the backdrop of all that's happened over these last few days, what does it really look like for God's people to live in unity? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a question we should, we're all asking. I'm not making light of it. I just think it's, it's a huge challenge. I think, I think, a, so I'm going to jump. I was thinking about this as well. I was looking down a few minutes ago. I just want to get my Bible out. I just think, where would I go with this? Because I, I, I think the Psalms, um, <coughs> the Psalms that Hillary was preaching from, obviously written to a nation, uh, a na- you know, what we would now think of almost as a nation state that are united along religious lines and actually far more homogenous than our church would be mm. in the sense. Uh, so you might think, therefore, dwelling together in unity, well, it's easy for you to say, you guys, you know, you're all Jews, you all worship the same God, you all worship at the same temple, and you're all singing this in harmony on your way up the steps. You know, what's the problem? We're dealing with this in a, you know, multiracial, multi-ethnic, with massive legacy issues, all of those issues. Well, how do you apply it? And I think it, I feel like that the most helpful way of answering that question might be to consider the way that Paul uses the image of unity, the image Paul uses to address the subject of unity, which is the image of the body. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, to say you're all a body, and what happens in a body is, I just want to make sure I've got the exact wording right, God has so composed the body, mm-hmm. giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member's honored, all rejoice together. And there's something very powerful about that because what can happen in our world is that unity can sound like it's in tension with speaking truthfully about injustice or tensions or whatever. There's, there's still there's some, I think that's true everywhere. I think there's a thing in Englishness which goes, oh, no, 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 this might divide everybody. So shh. And I think you can certainly see it in our American brothers and sisters where the church is more segregated than certainly ours is by the grace of God. And it's more difficult, I think, in the States at times because of some of the history there to speak clearly about people often say, oh, stop being divisive. But it's interesting that for me that Paul says, no, 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 when you're a body, actually what you do is this part of the body hurts with this part. So when I stub a toe, the whole body knows about it. And, and actually in my case, the whole village knows about it as well. But you know, the, because pain is not just felt by the organ of the body that has been directly injured, it affects the whole. And so in a sense, the more united you are, the more you will talk about issues like this and express pain and grief when things like this are going on and of course the reverse is true as well when there's great honor and great celebration when you get great breakthrough on behalf of your community the church can all celebrate that as well and i i just think that image of the you know body where if you're hurting i'm hurting and vice versa and if i'm not if i just can't feel that pain then actually part Mm. of what it means to be part of a church Mm. with you is to try Mm. and understand it Mm. and in all as hillary i've both expressed i think i'm I'm much less aware of it than you two are, but I'm much mm-hmm. more aware of it than I would have been five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I was where I was five years ago, I'd need people to sit me down and say, well, this is something mm-hmm. why this is mm-hmm. not I said an instance, guys. This, mm-hmm. this happens mm-hmm. all the time, and this is the world we're in, and you need to mm-hmm. wake up and see it. And I think that sense of a body, otherwise you just got a finger saying, oh, it's only the knee that got hurt. It's nothing to do with me. You think, what are you talking about? That's not how bodies work at all. The whole person is affected. And I think that as an image helps me so then it says i've got an imperative to mourn with those who mourn and Mm -hmm. to rejoice with those who rejoice as well and so at least as a start i think that that helps me begin to approach the subject with some sort of common 
sharing of grief and sadness together. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. How about you, Cindy? For you, what, what does it look like for God's people to, to live in unity? You know, it's uh, just listening to Andrew. He's just reminded me of a book I read. It's called Solitary. Have you either of you heard of the Angola Three? You probably don't know. Okay, so this is um, uh, they were part of the Black Panthers, and in in those days, obviously, the government in America wasn't too keen on that group. Now, they the three of them were career criminals, so they all ended up in jail. But what happened is because they were part of the Black Panthers, and um, obviously, the American government wasn't keen on that um they tried to keep them in prison so they um convicted them for a crime that they didn't do so they were in solitary for four decades think about that that's like 40 years so they went in solitary for 40 years but the interesting part from what andrew was just saying was when i started reading the book it talked about how now um there was albert there was albert um wallace and uh king so there was three of them and basically what Albert was saying was, it was his book I was reading. And what he was saying was because of the relationship that the three of them had. So even though they were in prison in isolation, where they were in isolation for like 23 hours a day, they only came up for one hour. They were very creative in the way that they united. It's just amazing. Because when I was reading, I was thinking, how are you still going to be friends? And what, what the wardens were doing was they were deliberately putting them on different tiers in different buildings. Now, if you know about this Louisiana prison, it's basically built on like um, 18,000 acres of land. So it's big. So the buildings were all over the place. So basically they tried not to put them in the same building, but they remained friends for the 40 years. It's amazing. They used to write to each other. And you know when they had the moment where you have that hour where you, have to, where you can come out, you get 15 minutes to have a shower. And then that 45 minutes, you could either go into the yard, but what they used to do was they used to stand in front of each other's cells, read each other's books or talk to each other and have discussions. And it's just amazing that they were so creative. They were intentional. They made the effort. They supported each other. They had different personalities, but one foundation and one, one, one kind of, um, what would you call it? Um, common factor they had was basically they all believed in this group so that was the common factor so they had principles and they had their beliefs and that's what knitted them together but it's just so interesting to see how they made the effort regardless of the situation that they were in to actually be united and they were united till they all got i mean one died one got released before and Albert, he was the last one to get released, but they were still friends to the very end. And it's just amazing how they managed to do that. And I just think of us as Christians, we have this bond. So our bond is Jesus Christ. You know, we all believe in Jesus Christ. We have the same beliefs. And actually we might think that, oh, we're confined at the moment. You know, we can't go up, but we have no excuse, you know, to be united. We have no, after reading that, I was thinking, wow. 23 yeah. hours of lockdown, yeah. 15 minutes for a shower, that 45 minutes they managed to get together. And you know what they did? So you have this visitor, you have visitors come in and basically what they tried to do was always separate them so they couldn't have the same visitors. So what, you know what they did? So they got all their relatives to get to know each other. They'd all visited on the same day. So they had to be in the visiting room together. They couldn't <laughs> talk to each other, but they just used to look at each other, wink at each other, smile at each other. But do you see what I mean? They just made the effort. So when Andrew was talking, I was thinking, 
Oh yeah, you know what? That is just that's just amazing. Yeah, so we can try. I think we can try harder than we're doing at the moment to be united, to spend time, join groups, you know, WhatsApp, Zooms, whatever, to just connect, support, encourage, love each other, lift each other up. You know, we can do it. We can do it. And I think it is that intentionality and it is that willingness to ask questions that take you into the conversations that, sometimes are awkward or painful and yeah sometimes you trip up and you know don't understand something or say the wrong thing but it's that that continual intentionality to say I will cross this divide you know I I will build a a bridge I, I won't just retreat to people that are like me or I feel comfortable with whether that is color or age of life mm, mm. or education social economic um kind of status i think yeah it's that intentionality of just making friends with people and asking them what it's like to be them and mm, mm. really listening and taking the time and just sharing life over quite a long period of time because you know, I guess this week people are being a bit more open and talking. Mm, but the mm. reality is, I mean, I've been part of Kings for nearly 13 years. There are some relationships that I developed over years that, you know, we all need to be working on because mm-hmm. it, trust, true, deep trust and mutual understanding does take time. It mm-hmm. does take time because people's experience of their own lives and their own history can be so different and Mm. so that we do so much assuming that kind of fills in the gaps and it you need to dismantle those those assumptions assumptions yeah yeah Yeah, definitely definitely that's great and obviously in psalm 133 uh we talk about it talks about unity but it also talks about where there's unity the lord bestows his blessing and um you know, there's lots of negative news out there. Mm. Look down, people uh, are talking about what's happened over in America. Um, but we are people of hope. We're people mm-hmm. who, who grieve, but we grieve like those with hope, knowing that there mm-hmm. is, um, you know, we trust in the Lord. We know there is a better world to come. But we also mm-hmm. know there is, there is life now. And I guess my, my question uh, for you guys is, is how can we be people of hope? How can we, you know, you receive blessing from the Lord. How can we continue to be hope-filled during this challenging time, I guess? Where's where's the hope coming from, I guess, is the question. So, um, Cindy, you look like you're smiling and nodding. Sorry. You're smiling and nodding. That's just Cindy. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't even know what I was doing. I'm like... <laughs> So I'm, I'm not even sure that was a good question, but since it was quite a good question. No, it's, it's, no, it's a good question. <laughs> Do you know what? I think, Charles, my hope comes from the Lord. And, you know, my hope comes from the Lord. My hope comes from his word. My hope comes from the scriptures. The, my hope comes from what the Lord has to say about us. You know, he, he's got good words for us. And you look for them in the in the Bible, you will find them. And I try and encourage myself, you know, because... We're always going to have ups and downs. We're always going to have moments where it's difficult, where we're not sure. But if you, I always believe just to reach out and, and pray and reach out and connect with God, 
And that's actually what gives me strength all the time. Mm. Seriously, mm. you know, I, mm. I have scriptures in my head or in my book or my phone, you know, so I have scriptures for everything. So I just go back and read the scriptures and remind myself, this is what God says about me. You know, this is who I am in Christ. Because do you know what? Otherwise you get upset all the time. You know, people will upset you. People will say things to you. People will ignore you. But you need to know who you are in Christ and then you'll be steadfast in your beliefs, in your strengths, knowing that you are God's child. He loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you all the time. You know, what more can you ask? Hmm. Knowing that, hmm. you know, you, we, you know we're, we're, we're so blessed to have that relationship with God. So blessed, you know, so that is where, and that's why, you know, when we're talking, I was getting upset. I have, I, have two, I have two extremes. I'm either happy or sad. I don't really have a middle. So I was getting really sad when we're talking about, you know, obviously George Floyd and stuff. And I was thinking, don't start crying. Don't start crying. But I don't tend to have a middle. I'm either happy or I'm sad. But I just mm-hmm. feel like when I'm down, I quickly go to my Bible. And it takes me a while to get myself up and running again. You know, I have to read the scriptures. I have to pray. I have to spend time with God. And then I think, right, okay, I'm good now. You know, I know who I am in Christ. I know God loves me, da, 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 da. And then I kind of lift myself up and move forward. But that mm. is how, but I feel very hopeful as a person. I think, you know, like we were talking about, like even Charles, you were saying, where you were born makes you more privileged. You know, we have those blessings. You know, if you look about what you have in your life, we do have those blessings, you know, where you're born, where you went to school, where you live. And sometimes it might seem that like you've got no blessings at all, but I believe that you do. You know, maybe you're, you've got food to eat better than someone else who hasn't, you know. So we all have our levels of blessing. So, so just try and look for that blessing that God has blessed you with. You've woken up that morning, you know, you've woken up, you've had breakfast. That's a blessing, you know. So mm. I just try and I always try and think about the good things that I have in my life. And that's mm. what always keeps me hopeful. But knowing that my hope is in the Lord. Mm. In you, I draw. Tell you what always keeps me hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking to you, Cindy, makes me hopeful. Amen. Amen. I was going to say, when you say I'm either happy or sad, I'm like, yeah, but mostly happy. No, I think people think I don't get sad, but I do, you know. I do, I do get sad because I'm a human being. I can't be happy all the time, seriously. You know, and I do get sad, but when I get sad, I don't stay, I try not stay there too long. I try, and it's something that's an effort, but I try not to stay there too long. I just want to come out of it because the way I reflect myself is, affected other people so if I'm going out to the shops and I'm miserable that will feed off me to other people I like to smile at people I like to make people feel you know encouraged and stuff so I have to get out of it to be able to be the person that I want to be when I step outside my door so I try hard yeah (laughs) how about you Hilary um how do you stay hope-filled yeah I mean I think for me I always, yeah, I do go back to the Bible. I think of the early church, you know, I mean, everything we go through, they, they went through. I mean, it's brutally honest about their ups and downs, their uh, trials, their tribulations, also, you know, fallings out between people in the early church. And yet God used them and God um, brought them together and and you know the divide between Jews and Gentiles was massive absolutely massive and yet God intentionally drew them together and uh, you know used someone like Saul uh, Paul mm. to to go out and minister to to Gentiles so in a way I, I just see that well if they could do it if they could share life together if they could get over 
the massive gap between Jew and Gentile, then God is calling us to do the same thing, to build a church that is united, that is mm. that not only finds our reconciliation with God through the cross, mm. but our reconciliation to each other that can overcome those things, that can, you know, keep going. And I think also it is believing that this life isn't everything. Mm. And um, I don't know if that's something that comes if you as you get older, but in the end, we try and work as hard as we can to bring justice and truth and love and community into this life. Um, we're called to, to do that, to transform the society we're in. But also, this isn't everything. And we do have a hope of heaven that all wrongs will be righted, that tears will be wiped away, that there will be a complete unity in heaven and every tongue and every tribe and every type of person will be represented worshipping the throne. And so mm. I try and look to that bigger perspective because um, that society has always had these conflicts and ups and downs and we have to do what, everything we can and make every effort, the New Testament mm. often says, you know, to keep that unity. Mm. But also look beyond that God by his spirit is building a kingdom that's eternal mm. and that will mm. transcend all mm. the systems of this, this world, this government eventually will, will all have, every knee will bow. Every mm. knee will have to bow and judgment mm. will be done eventually. Mm. So... It's kind of that tension of, yeah, fighting for the kingdom to come, God's kingdom to come on earth, but also remembering that there is an eternal kingdom to come that will, that mm -hmm. judgment will be part of that, actually, for injustice. Mm. Mm -hmm. What you just mm -hmm. said is brilliant. Um, mm. When we finish recording this, I'm going to go back and just go back to listen to what you just said and just listen to it over and over again. <laughs> it was uh, really, really good. Um, how about you, Andrew? Um, what, what do you make of this? How do we stay united? Yeah, I, How do we stay hopeful? I mean, I think Hillary and Cindy have said all the things I would have said, really. They've just said them better than I would have. I, I, absolutely. I think we look, back at the, we look back at the cross and we see the, the darkest thing that's ever happened and we look to the future and we see the brightness of what will happen. And mm -hmm. we go to the Word and we find, find there, again, just... Thousands, hundreds and hundreds of stories of people mm. who have experienced this, this, you know, things like this and come mm. through. Mm. And I think the only thing that the only thing that they didn't mention particularly that I personally also do, although I don't think it's foundational. So mm. I find a lot of hope in history. Mm. I think in in seeing how it's funny we began. I think Hillary, you mentioned that you're at home with your. Did you say she was ninety six or ninety six? Yeah, ninety six. <laughs> I think sometimes just thing or two. Yeah, I think sometimes just thinking about even even on this call, we we have someone who lives with the four of us mm. who is who has who was born in the nineteen twenties and then mm. well, first memories would have been during the Great Depression and then saw the Nazis rise to power and then saw the world blow itself to pieces for six years and then saw the Cold War and then thought that she was going to die of nuclear war or whatever and has lived through all of those things and many of the ups and downs and many of the extremes seen outbreaks of urban violence in every city in the world in 1968 she's seen presidents be impeached in 1972 you know she's lived through and mm. some of those things 
present company. I wouldn't like to speculate again, guys, but uh, <laughs> I imagine one. Of, you know, you might remember. And, and I think in some ways that, that it's not like that. In its that isn't the source of my hope, but it is a reminder of the kinds of things through which the people of God have had hope. Mm. And then I look at the I mean, at my bookshelf, and I and I think about people who are alive. 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago and think what our ancestors, which mm. whose experiences would have been very different from one another's, but what they would have been experiencing 300 years ago. And I think, okay, people have clung to God in situations that are certainly mm. at least as bad and in many ways a lot worse, certainly than that which I am. I'm, I've experienced nothing like the suffering that most people represented on these shelves have. And, mm. and that would probably be true of many of us. So I, I feel like that helps and not in the sense that's where my hope comes from it's mm. just they are they're other voices they're other witnesses aren't they they mm-hmm, say mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can trust god like god mm. has delivered for us and he'll deliver for you so mm. we clung through you know i've got a there's a book where is it oh it's just over there of a, what did I say? Of, a, of a sort of leading christian in his day who had 15 kids and i think 12 of them died in infancy and mm. as you're just, and he, and, that, and he was just, and he wrote tracts and he mm. planted, led a church and he preached everywhere. I think I can't, that I really, you know, when we say I can't even, I just mm. can't there. Mm. And I just think that he, they still found hope and that helps me. And it means that what Cindy and Hillary are saying is reinforced for me and saying, there is hope here. I have some, I might mm. have to dig, I might have to hunker down, I might have to cry. I, but mm. God is good, like all mm. the time. And, mm. and what mm. do at the end and what he's already done at the cross are mm. strong enough to carry. If they're strong enough to carry those people, they're strong enough to carry me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Guys, we know that um, living in these times is challenging. Mm. Coronavirus and racial tensions. But we do have a hope, a hope mm-hmm. now and a hope beyond the grave. And I want to thank each and every one of you guys, Hilary, Cindy, and Andrew, for being uh, on the conversation today. It's so good to be able to have these conversations together. And just in the act of talking together, we mm. can encourage one another and spur one another on to love and good deeds. As the yeah. Yeah. And I want to encourage anyone uh, listening to stay hopeful, uh, stay mm. united. You know, there's loads of challenges around unity. But as we've talked about, reach out to other people that are different to you. Listen mm. to them. Love them. Get involved in a group. Be part of a, a family where you can work these things out together. Uh, we do hope that you can be with us on Thursday for our day of prayer and fasting. Uh, it's, it's always important to pray and to fast, but we recognise in this last week that it's been particularly challenging. And so we'd love for you to join us this Thursday on the 4th of June uh, for our day of prayer. <laughs> you can go on our website to find out more information. And... Um, do check out Steve's blog. Uh, Steve has just done a blog uh, going out today around uh, what's happened in these last weeks. We'd love for you to, do, to look at that and see what Steve has to say. But just uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's conversation. Uh, tune in next week for another weekly conversation and uh, see you on Sunday for our online service. May God bless you. Stay strong and uh, stay uh, in Christ. And we'll see you <laughs> very soon. God bless you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>